Shut up and sit down. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. As always, we want to take a moment to remind you why you are here listening to us today. If you're investing your valuable time into our podcast, it's because you understand the truth behind Albert Einstein's words. Problems cannot be solved by the same level of thinking that created them. So if you want to find financial freedom, make more money, quit your current 9-to-5 job, or if you want to increase your bottom line, be a better investor, or be a better business owner, then you must follow the number one rule in business, which is to be of of service service to to others. others. Business Bros would love to help you maximize your profits by helping you find ways to be of service to more people alongside our fellow entrepreneurs and the Money Coaching Club, a.k.a. E equals MC squared. So please visit our website, www.csfirst.com. That's S-I-A-S-F-I-R-S-T.com. And as you listen today, remind yourself of three these three questions regarding today's topic. Why'd you get into business in the first place? What if you found a way to implement what we're talking about today? And how can I get to the next level? I'll tell you how. By scheduling your free coaching call today. So get on it. All right, let's talk about today's topic. What every old entrepreneur wishes they'd done differently. Man, if I can go back. If a lot of people could go back, right? If if I could find that flux capacitor, old Doc Brown could hook it up and we go back to 1986. (laughs) Okay, maybe not that far back. Is that what year they they went back to? No, they were in... 1988, maybe? I don't remember. Dang. All right, listeners, you're going to have to get back at us. Tell us what year that was. I mean, they it could are, be a quick are. Google search, but let us know. Send us an email, hernan at csfirst.com or james at csfirst.com. Well done. Well done. Good plug. All so right. just to let everybody know, anybody who uh, saw our most recent tweet, by the way, find us at on Twitter at Business Bros Pod. Business Bros Pod. So anybody who saw that uh, saw that we got some awesome feedback from the unadults in the room, right? The ch- the kids in the room. That's right. Uh, apparently, I say um too much, and I say okay. So we're gonna we're gonna try this new thing. We got a bunch of quarters here. Let's see. Can you hear our quarters? And every time, every time I say um, hopefully James catches it and he tells me quarter, and we're gonna hear a. Quarter dropped in the uh, in the nice little glass jar here, and uh, we'll see what we end up uh, fixing here at the end. There was one of my uhs right there. All right, so good what, catch, good catch. All right, all right. So what every old entrepreneur wishes they'd done differently. So what if you, what if we could learn like critical lessons from real estate agents or insurance agents or any other 1099 individual, right? What if we could learn from them, um, and and you you know. Just take some of those lessons, some of those pearls of wisdom, right? What if we could do that and not make the same mistake? It's completely possible. That's the funny thing. Oh, yeah. That's right. You can. You can do that, right? And here's the thing. As coaches, I mean, we talk to a bunch of different ages, agents, right, across the spectrum of, of their career experiences. We've gathered, you know, a, uh, at least for this podcast, we've gathered like 14 critical points that are going to help us understand um, what you'll see further down That's the road. Numb. Oh, that was a numb. What you'll see further down the road and how you can make better choices in your own career so that you can make it better, uh, the best that you possibly can, right? Right. That's what we're here to do. So we're going to take our experience as coaches. We're going to take our experience as trainers and we're going to take all the uh, 
different types. There's another um. Yeah, I was gonna say does a <laughs> uh count? It counts, right? So we're gonna take the experiences of different agents across the way, and we're gonna try to see if we can take those different experiences and use them, right? So that we can be better salespersons ourselves. So let's jump into point number one here. The fastest path is not to reinvent the wheel, right? It's 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 quite simple, really. If if you want to do something well, do what others have already done well, right? If I want to be a winner, follow what the winners have done. You know, if I want to be rich, do what the rich do. It's not a secret. It's really not. And in fact, there are hundreds upon hundreds of books on the subject matter. Years and years and years of practice and follow through and practice and follow through. And the ones that do the work, right? Because mm-hmm. it comes down to doing the same thing. You have to do the work that you avoid on a daily basis. You, you The funny thing is you already know what you need to do to achieve That's your true. goal. You just tend to procrastinate those things, right? So the fastest path is not to reinvent the wheel. Just look at people who are already successful in your field or who are already successful um, in the area that you want to succeed in, that want that have already achieved what it is that you want to achieve, and you will get there. So I love this because there are so many, like I said, there are so many books that have already been written about this. I think of Dale Carnegie, right? Dale Carnegie, the author of How to Win Friends and Influence People. And what he did was go around to all of these successful business people at the time and figure out, you know, a lot of the ways that they found success in their fields. You read a book like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Robert Kiyosaki says the same thing. Don't reinvent the wheel. Find out what the rich have done and replicate what they've done. They have already gotten through and taught us that you have to build businesses and invest in real estate. It's pretty laid out. It's It's pretty laid laid out. out. Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, right? I mean, he literally studied rich people and what they did on a daily basis. The secret? Same thing. It's all out there and it's all the same stuff. It's all the same stuff. So going even a little bit further than that, there is a formula to success in so many different industries. What were we doing today? What are we wearing? We're in charger gear. We're wearing our chargers gear, right? We're wearing our football jerseys. To get into the NFL, you have to, well, one, be talented. Yeah, well, yeah. Right? I mean... <laughs> but there are plenty of talented people that never made it to the NFL. Exactly. So there is a regiment that needs to be followed. There's our, There are workouts. There are uh, certain drills. There are diets. There are There's work involved. You know, they don't pay these guys millions upon millions of dollars to entertain us because they're talentless. Right. right. They don't pay us. They don't pay them all that money. They've put in a ton of work to earn the money that they do. And to play at the level that they play And at. to play at the level that they play at. And if we want to play at that level in business, we need to put in the same type of work. Great analogy. Boom! By the way, I'm in even a happier <laughs> mood this week because my Chargers won. Whoop, whoop! Go right. Bolts! Go Bolts! All right, number two. Right. That they, uh, they well, this is what old entrepreneurs wish they would have done, right? So they wish that they would have kept their powder dry, invested in more earlier during times of great opportunity, opportunity meaning that they should have already, they should have been able to pull the trigger, Right. What what they're missing is not, you know, a lot of people look back and they're like, oh, I wish I would have taken advantage of this opportunity. Oh, I wish I would have done good. And when the market was down, I wish I could have been able to buy more investment properties. But what are they missing? Why aren't they able to pull the trigger? 
There's a lot of things, I think. I mean, for one, it's fear. Fear. We're going to talk about fear here in a little bit. You know, I mean, if if I have $1,000 saved up, right, $10,000 saved up, $100,000 saved up, it's scary to think of investing that and... Because with every investment, there's a risk for loss, right? Right. Well, here, here's my here's my counter argument to that. Um, being able to there's an um by the way. Oh, there's good a, catch, geez. good catch, man! I'm just catching them. I yeah. got more ums than you got MKs so far. So far, <laughs> it's still early. It's still early. All right. So, so these people have been putting money away, right? I I feel like if if you're the type of person who I mean, there's a big difference to me. If you're the type of person who put a thousand dollars away, you're just getting started on the ability to put money away if you're the type of person who put a hundred thousand dollars away you're further along right so Makes i think sense. i think the problem here the reason why many entrepreneurs weren't able to take advantage of these great opportunities is because they hadn't been focusing on the ability to make a profit right they get they get left behind in other activities which we're going to talk about later in this podcast too other activities that eat up these profits right so instead of having this money available to reinvest because i think a lot of entrepreneurs are uh, a lot easier, easy going when it comes to investing money because that's what they did to get to be a successful entrepreneur. That makes sense. So I, I don't think it's it's the fear as much as it is the ability to focus their efforts in their business on making a profit. Okay. All right. So th- so they, then investing that profit with opportunities presented by themselves, which is another another note that I put in here. It's basically building that profit, having that leftover money. Right. And and understanding the difference between paying yourself first versus versus anything left over. So on the one hand, let me kind of try and break this down and, and tell me if I'm on the right track here. On the one hand, you have the reasoning why people don't invest is because. Hold on, let me let me let me put this into words here. Uh, it is because they never learned those money habits to have the money to invest. So, in other words, I mentioned a thousand dollars, and you said, "Well, somebody like that is really early in their savings, right? right. They haven't really developed the skills, and so to them, a thousand dollars is going to be a lot of money." Someone who's been able to set aside a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, it's all relative, first of all. If they're millionaires or, you know, multi-multi, tens of billionaires, whatever, like $100,000 is no big deal. It's like me putting aside $1,000. But by that point, if somebody has been able to put that kind of money away, they have developed those financial disciplines, and so it's not as scary. That's not necessarily what's holding them back. Right, right. What's holding them back more is their ability to do that rather than their fear of losing. So they've been able to save and their ability to invest in something new? I think that's easier for them, personally. It's easier for them to to invest. Yes. yes. It's it's easier for them to pull the trigger. It's easier for it's easier for them. But what about finding those investments? Is that what they're having trouble with? No, no. I think at this point what they regret is not being able to pull the trigger. Right? I don't think I don't oh. think it's a matter of of finding. I think the opportunity presents itself and they're not prepared to take advantage of the opportunity. Even though they've developed those financial habits, they're just not well, mentally there. Well, many entrepreneurs that's the problem is they haven't developed those money habits. Okay. Right? They're good at making money. They're good at taking in gross revenues. They're bad at making profits. Got the, it, got the it. profit margins are weak. So every dollar best. that they make, they spend as opposed to 
putting some of it away to be able to reinvest. Right. And okay. that's where most, not just entrepreneurs, but most people in general fall into. It seemed like we kind of took the long way to get there, but that makes sense. All right. So let's go on to number three, that they should have forced themselves to do what they didn't want to do when they didn't want to do it. And they should have learned how to do it at a high level. So let me ask you this. What if you knew that the market was going to change in the next 12 months? What would you do today to get yourself ready for it? Short. I would I would short a lot of stocks and I would buy a lot of puts. And yeah, I mean, if I just knew that the market was going to go full bear. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's switch mindsets there. That's as a, that's as a, you know, day trader, right? right? Okay. What if you're a real estate agent? What would you do if you knew the real estate market was going to tank in the next 12 months? Oh, that is your level of expertise. Ooh, I know I would probably, uh, I don't know, maybe elevate some skills, right? I'd probably learn a little more about short sales. I'd probably want to learn a little more about foreclosures. I'd mm-hmm. probably want to get talking to my sellers a little more. I'd probably want to focus my efforts on making as much money as I possibly can so that I can save it so that I can take advantage of the opportunities, mm. right? So, I mean, it, for the listeners out there, think about what it is in your industry. If you're an insurance agent and you know things were going to change, what would you be doing? If you're a real estate agent, what would you be doing? You know, all these different things, I want you to think about them that way. And then let me flip the question just a little bit. So let's fast forward a few years. Now you're sitting on the beach somewhere, right? You made it. You're successful. You're chilling. You got the Mai Tai. You're on the beach. You're relaxing. You're looking at the water. And I want, and I ask you this question. I'm like, hey, now that you've made it, what are the two or three things that you did to get you here that you're most proud of? You know, when you when you ask the question that way, it's it's almost like, wow, what did I what what are the things that I would have liked to have appreciated more? You know, what are the things that I really would really need to have done to get to where I want to go? Because so going back to your real estate example, I became that short sale expert. And I helped a lot of people get out of bad situations. That's right. Right? I got coaching that I needed. I focused my attention in being of service to more people. I became a kick-ass listing agent. Right? I focused my attention on building a business in my real estate practice that made high profit margins. I put all kinds of money away. I bought rental properties when market when the market came down. I was able to help people out and maybe some of these turned into rental properties that I helped people get out of because I was in a position to be helping more and more people, right? These are the things that are that that are going to make you into a serious, you know, game changer in in a changing economy because remember money doesn't disappear it just changes hands right right right? so if you're going to be the one with the glove open ready to catch some money coming into your situation right if you're going to be able to see the opportunity in front of you you need to be prepared to take advantage of it so if you are literally if you're serious about making a change if you're in the real estate industry right now understand that we are in a we are in the about to be in the downturn of the next real estate market the market adjustment the market is changing it is changing so if you i mean you know things are going to change here in the next 12 to 18 months Mm -hmm. so what are you doing today to make that change if you're a real estate agent you need to be figuring that out and if you don't know what it is that's why you need to schedule your free coaching call. That's why you need to go to our website, www.csfirst.com, and you need to click on that uh, free coaching call, and you need to schedule that right away because you you're, you're running out of time. Time is almost up here. You need to get your focus on. You need to become that listing agent that is 
hell-bent on helping more and more people, and you need guidance to get you there. If you're going to get in shape because you're about to go to Vegas, right? Oh, yeah. Or, you're, you you know, you got a few weeks away. Sure, you can try to do it by yourself, but if you're really focused on getting that done, you're going to hire a personal uh, a personal trainer, right? So, yep. this these are your finances. You're either going to get a buff wallet or it's going to be thin, and it's going to be based on the choice that you make. You're either going to make it happen or you're not going to make it happen, right? Going back to uh, what we talked about in number two, you know, people that were uh, looking back, wishing that they had done more in those times of greatest opportunity, right? And what you just said right now about times wasting, right? 12 to 18 months, that's basically what you, what you got. That's what you're looking at. So the number one, what is it? Uh, the number one mistake that people make in financial planning, Procrastination. procrastination. Because time, time is the one thing that you can't get back. Time is the thing that helps count, compound money, right? Sure, you can have an awesome interest rate. Sure, you can have a great principal balance. Sure, you can have, uh, you know, great compounding. You're compounding daily or continuously, whatever it is. But if you don't have time, that magic of compounding will not work. Right. The more time you have, the more your money can make for you over time. But you got to put it to work early. All right. And that leads us perfectly into number four, by the way entrepreneurs old entrepreneurs said that they should have paid themselves first instead of last or when there was something left warren buffett has a great quote he says don't save what is left over after spending but spend what is left after saving that's a good quote right it's it's a mental thing though most people the 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 thing is that most people suffer from too much month at the end of the money there's Mm -hmm. too much days and in their month and not enough money to cover those days and and the funny part is that Oftentimes, the money you have will, or the money you spend will mix into the number of days that you have, right? So, so if you if you only have a thousand dollars for the rest of this month and you got to pay your bills and whatever, you for some reason it will last that long, right? Right, and in that means that you should have put your money away first. Get in the habit of paying yourself, and and here's here's what I always find uh, where the misconception happens. So, pay yourself meaning put it in an account that you're going to make work for you, that you will never touch that money for another thing again, pay yourself before you go out and buy yourself something. There's a huge difference between paying yourself and buying yourself something. Yeah. Buying yourself something is not a way to pay yourself. Buying yourself something is you giving the money that you've earned to somebody else. Ooh. That is not you paying yourself. Think about that. Paying yourself a little transition. Money is given to you by you. Mm-hmm. But if you go buy something for yourself, you're giving money to something to somebody else for a thing for you. Right. So pay yourself first. Put that money away for you. Once you've earned that money, that money is your slave. Make it work for you forever. Don't don't give it away. And too many of us fall into that trap of buying ourselves something, making us feel good about what it is that we've earned. Because I want that you know instant gratification. I I earn this thing, right? And which is fine. Go ahead, buy yourself things, but buy yourself things with money left over after you've put money away for yourself. Put money away for yourself first. Buying yourself something is not the same as paying yourself. There is literally nothing more that I can say on that topic. All right. Well, in that case, let's move <laughs> on to number five. No, that was good. That was good. I mean, I, that that's the most <clears throat> common issue that I, I find with a, a lot of people when I sit down and talk about paying yourself first. I think that that misconception of buying something for yourself 
is conceived as paying yourself first and and it goes over people's heads and then that's it they get in the habit of buying themselves something first and it turns into i put you know a hundred dollars away a month to i bought myself a hundred dollars worth of shoes a, a month right it's not the same thing absolutely it's not, not because those those shoes and whatever it is that you buy it's it's going to lose value if you're paying yourself first you're putting yourself <clears throat> you're putting that money away to give yourself an opportunity to earn more from that money as opposed exactly. to putting it into a depreciating asset. All right, number five, and this is a big one. This is a big one, and in I think this one plays into the naivete of a youth, right? So, uh, number five, what every old entrepreneur uh, wishes or believes, right? They believe that every, or they learn that everything takes at least five times as long as they wanted it to, or they thought it would. Ooh, wow. I mean, I thought at 21, I was going to make it big by 25. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Right? It was quick. It was easy. I got it. It's set. Done. Right? No problem. Let's just take this uh, PC Cruisers business and run with it, and we're going to be millionaires in three years. No problem. Easy day. That is not the way things work. Things take at least five times as long as I thought they would. Oh, shnanky. Or that I wanted it to, right? So you have an idea of what you want done, but but you're not a seasoned you're not seasoned at doing it yet, right? Maybe mm-hmm. maybe you want to build a real estate practice where you have ten listings at one time, and you're constantly closing maybe three or four transactions per month, and you're making anywhere between you know twenty to thirty thousand dollars a month in commissions, and no problem, you're going to go out there and do it. The truth is, you're not seasoned enough yet. Right, you don't have the skills. Uh, if you're fresh off a license, you you don't know what it's like to present. You have no idea what it's like to lead generate, to follow up, to to deliver a pre-listing package, to have a proven home selling system. None of those things exist in your world. So you're gonna go out there and you're gonna try and you're gonna hear no and you're gonna hear doors close in your face. You're gonna all these things are gonna happen and then you're gonna burn out and realize, oh, that wasn't for me. Or you can learn from veteran agents and a coaching staff that has already done it follow what is already being done and get there much quicker oh look at that don't reinvent the wheel don't reinvent the wheel right polish your lead generation skills polish up on your follow-up skills get better at presenting get better at negotiating learn different ways to close and then your skills over time will get better and better right Every great athlete gets better with coaching. Yes. So does every great business person. I think that's something that really uh, resonates with me personally. By the way, that was an uh from me. Something that really resonates for me is the fact that it takes a lot longer than we thought it would because we're not practiced at this thing. So there is time that's required to learn all of these different things that you need to do. You're not going to walk into a particular type of business and just be an expert right away. No. A lot of the agents that come on board with us, they sign on for the highest contract level that's available because they just want that highest possible commission, right? But they don't understand the amount of work that it takes to reach those levels of production. Right. And... It takes longer than they would think, and then they get burnt out because they don't meet their numbers and they're hit with fees and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, when if we 
if we take the time with them, if they take the time with us to do the work that they don't know that they don't want to do, that, that they don't know how to do, you know, they put it into practice, they get season, they get the practice, they put all of these things in place over and over and over again, they're going to get there, but it might not happen overnight. You know, the funny thing is about, about practicing those skills is they get they get monotonous. They're very boring after a while because they're, you're doing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. But Putting in those hours of doing the same thing over and over again makes you an expert at doing that same thing over and over again. 10,000 hours, right? 10,000 hours to become an expert in that one thing. And if you're perfecting that one skill, if you're being focused, you're following one course until successful. Julie Harris acronym there, by the way. Focused. Follow one course until successful. Oh, very nice. You're doing that one thing over and over and over again. You're going to be awesome at it. Right. Yeah. But it requires that you start doing it over and over and over again. It requires that you set a schedule. It requires that you have that block of call time. It requires that you follow up on every single one of your leads. It requires that you categorize your leads into different groups. It requires that you have visual accountability. It requires that you do all these different things. You follow them religiously on a day to day basis and then you will start to see results and the results that are predictable because you're continuously doing the same thing over and over again. And the more you buckle down at doing these things and the better you get at doing them, your results are going to get better and better. And that's why we are at episode 45-ish yeah. on the podcast. Because we're practicing doing this daily. 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 And it's not the easiest thing to do to pick a new topic every single day. It's not the easiest thing to make time for it every single day. We don't live together. No, that's true. So we do have to make time to sync up and get this thing done. And so, you know, but but it's getting better. I'd hope it's getting better. We have a lot less ums and mks today than we did last week. It's true. Maybe it's because it's costing us a quarter. Maybe because we have some sort of accountability. Uh, Visual accountability. Right. Or just accountability, period. Right. These quarters are acting as my coaching staff. That's right. Right. They're helping me stay accountable so that anytime I um, I drop a quarter. Right. You need something there pushing you to that next level. You really want to get to the next level. I mean, you you kind of know what you need to do. It, it, think about that thing that you don't want to do every single day, whether it's unload the dishwasher, whether it's pick up the dog poop outside, whether it's uh, go out and exercise. You find a way to do anything, and I mean almost anything other than that one thing that you need to do to get done. Right. right? And it, it, the same habit will happen in business. So you want to meet your quotas. You want to meet your, your, your sales, you want to find your magic number, meet or exceed your goals, then you need to have some external accountability to help you get there. And every old entrepreneur is going to tell you the same thing. It's going to take you longer. It's going to take harder work and you need to have some sort of accountability to reach those goals. Right? Yep. Now we're, we're, uh, we're kind of winding down here. We're on our, on our time. So I want to make sure that we, uh, let's do this one more and then, uh, we'll, we'll close it up here. So. Go ahead, read point number six for us, James. All right, point number six. One thing that old entrepreneurs wish they'd done differently, that they had created multiple streams of income as early as possible. Multiple streams of income. I love that phrase. Now, I mean, this is, this is never strive to be a one-hit wonder is what I wrote on the notes, right? You don't want to be a one-hit wonder. One-hit wonders are cool because you always look back and you're like, yeah, that was me. I did that. Right, my my claim to fame, my high school little claim to fame story, is uh, Adrian Gonzalez, the first baseman for the Dodgers and the Padres. Oh yeah, right. Well, he was on the Padres and he went to the Dodgers, and uh, 
I struck him out in high school. There was my claim to fame. Woo-hoo. Yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah, my that's it. But that's what? My one hit wonder? Yeah. That's it. Chumbawamba, baby. Chumbawamba, that's it. I'm done. But he went on to play professional baseball. I didn't. I wonder why that is. It's probably because he did a lot of these other things, right? Practiced daily, before practice, after practice. He studied his his swing. He got better and better at his skill. He put in his 10,000 hours. So by the time he was a high school senior, everybody was looking at him. Basically, he was dedicated. He was dedicated. He did what he needed to do. But okay, let's go back to these multiple sources of income here real quick. So you can have multiple sources of income within your industry, if that's what you want to do. But ultimately, what you're trying to do is build multiple streams of income that are outside of your industry. So let's say you're a real estate agent. You can work with buyers. That's one stream. You can work with sellers. That's one stream. You can do BPOs, broker price opinions. That's another stream. You can do transaction coordinator. That's another stream. These are different types of things that you can do within the real estate industry to earn money Mm -hmm. for insurance Mm -hmm. agents. You can do personal insurance. You can do just auto. There are a couple different types. You can do just home, right? You can do commercial. You can focus only on the workers comp side of it. Uh, You could do only life insurance or only health insurance. You could do a mixture of them all. Right. For taxes, you can do corporate tax returns. You can do personal back, uh, tax returns. You can do bookkeeping. Right. There's a number of different ways. Or you can do one of the things that I did uh, when I was first starting off in this uh, professional world. I got a bunch of licenses. Right. And, and kind of I, figured out which ones you wanted to keep. Well, figured out which ones I wanted to keep. But more so was I would talk to clients and refer them to different professionals. And I was able to get paid as a referring agent because I had a license Ah. in that industry. So I had multiple ways of earning income by talking to people and helping them find answers to their problems. There you go. Now, ultimately, the way what we're talking about having multiple streams of income is focusing your efforts in your business to earn a profit. Whatever it is, you're going to become a kick-ass listing agent, we said, and you're going to focus your efforts on getting your 10, at least 10 listings at one time. You're going to be closing three or four listings per month. You're going to make extra money. You're not going to have a big team around you, which has a bunch of overhead. You're going to focus on high profit margins, and you're going to take those profits, and you're going to reinvest them. Right, you're gonna buy rental properties, or you're gonna buy your stock portfolio, or whatever it is that you're gonna buy to continuously grow that money and earn more income. And the faster you learn to do that, the faster you learn to build more revenue streams, the better off you're gonna be long term. Because remember, retirement is not a number. It's not age 65. It's not age 55. It's not age 67. None of those numbers are relevant. Retirement is when your money works for you. And you no longer have to work for your money. That's it. That's rich. That's the ability to retire. And that's what you're ultimately after. So that was point number six. We still got a few more points here. I think we got, what, eight more points? Uh, Yeah, it's 14. 14 14 minus six. We got eight more. Cool. So we got eight more points. We're going to kick this one off for uh, tomorrow's podcast. And this is just a nice little reminder that, you know, if you really are serious, if you, I mean, if if you don't, you don't want to look back and say, damn, I wish I should have done this, or oh, I could have done this back then, and then I would have been good right now. Don't don't live your life in regret. I mean, one of the craziest things, if you ever went and talked to, you know, uh, went to a convalescent home, or you talked to your grandparents, or you talked to, you know, older people, and you sit down and let them tell you stories, you know, you're going to see two types of things in their eyes. You're going to either see uh, I, their eyes have, you know, joy and happiness of the time that they've had on life, and they tell you all the great stories, or you're going to look in their eyes, and you're, they're going to tell you about everything they wish they would have done, 
right? You don't want to end up 90 years old and have a life of regret. That would be the worst to look back and say, man, I wish I coulda, right? This is your opportunity to make a difference in your life. Make the change today. Go to our website, csfirst.com, S-I-A-S-F-I-R-S-T.com. Go to the free coaching call. Just sit down for a little bit and listen to what people have to tell you to help you reach the goal that you want to reach. Help you build the business that you want to build. Help you maintain large profit margins so that you're continuously looking for the next opportunity to help people and the next opportunity to make another income stream. Get going. Do something. That's all I got to say. I think you've said it. I think I've said it. I think you've said it. All right. Well, that's all I got for you guys today. (laughs) Peace. Bye-bye. And I'm out.